Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150 in our 297th episode. Eric, you know what that means. It means we're very close to the 300th episode. (laughs) That's right. One episode closer. One week closer. So our 300th episode is coming up November 19th will be the actual day of the 300th episode. And of course, November 22nd is the 300th episode party, which is sponsored by Tiaton Cider Works. Uh, Hard Cider. Good stuff. Washington owned and located company. Dog loving, of course. Yes. Not to state the obvious. Right. But that doesn't mean dogs should have Hard cider. That's true. They should avoid it. They should not have hard cider. But us people. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll be providing the hard cider. We'll have food and other refreshments and music and lots of great uh, door prizes and giveaways. It's going to be a blast. So November 22nd at Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. You can find their address at their website, naturalpetpantry.com, or you can be sure to like our page on Facebook. We'll be posting about the uh, party and details and stuff. And um, I just got my invitation today, so yeah. I guess I'm coming. Went out to the, well, now that there's hard cider <laughs> there, you'll be there. That's right. Yeah. Um, yep. Just sent it out to our um, mailing list. If you'd like to be on our email list, then you can send me an email, host at dogradioshow.com, and ask me to add your email so that you can be updated on exciting events like our 300th episode party. And I just found out the confirmed the details of the um, uh, shorts like profile spot that I've got going on that will be airing on A&E Network nationally. Cool. Which is um, it's going to so I've being I'm being profiled as part of their um, as part of A&E's Everyday Originals. um, It's not a campaign, but whatever that they're running of people who are doing um, unique things with their passions in a way that helps the community. And um, for me, it was dog related. And my um, particular spot was sponsored by Subaru, which I drive. And um, so it's going to air, it's going to premiere on uh, Veterans Day, November 11th, which is a Tuesday. And it's going to uh, the the airtime locally is um, it's going to air during a commercial break of a new show called Dogs of War, which premieres on Veterans Day on A and E, uh, and the, they say that my spot is going to air at about ten twenty p.m. on the eleventh of November on A and E Network during Dogs of War, and I don't know if that's um, just blanketed across nationally. Or if the the timing may vary depending on what state you're in, but you can always check your local listings on A and E Network on November 11th, Veterans Day for the show Dogs of War, and it will be during one of those commercial breaks. So, really excited to see that. That was really fun to participate in that. Uh, so keep your eyes out. And it's um, I don't know too much about what the show is about itself, but it is about dogs too. So that's cool. So you can check that out. Um. And then uh, I've got uh, later in the show after I, we do have an interview today with uh, Linda Watkins, who's the president of um, Australian Cattle Dog Rescue Inc., um, also known as ACDRI, and you can find them on Facebook. 
Um, but there was a recent, uh, very recent, like within the last month, um, puppy mill bust of Australian cattle dogs, which is um, not a typical breed that you find puppy mills. Um, but unfortunately, they're just all over the place, and it's a really important topic. And this particular um, quote unquote breeder was very, very savvy and even fooled other breeders into thinking that she was running um, a reputable establishment and dogs were sent to her from all over the world and just kept in horrible conditions. So fortunately, it was busted up, but we're going to be talking, I'll be talking with Linda about uh, their activities and um, they do need some support. So if you're inclined to um, donate money, they're needing to provide the veterinary care for um, about 70 dogs that were just uh, are really in need of some care. So Anyway, I'll be talking to her after our first break. And then um, after that interview, there was an article that uh, was recently posted that I found through Seattle Dog Spot. Um, but it was an um, anonymous art, uh, little column posted in a, a local paper called The Stranger here in Seattle. And it was about this person who witnessed um, a dog attack. But the sort of un- sort of unique thing about this was that the the dog that, was the aggressive dog was actually being walked on leash and the dog that got attacked was off leash. And so it's sort of this person bringing up this point of the importance of leash laws and stuff. So I'll be sharing my thoughts about that too. And I had made a note to ask you if you had seen that I anonymous uh, yes. column this week. So. I have it right in front of me. I should have known that you would have been on it. Well, you never know. Um, yeah, we're on the same page on this one, Eric. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see. I feel like there was another announcement that I had, but I guess not. 300th episode party, November 22nd, Saturday, starts at 6 p.m. at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. It's going to be a fundraiser for the Healing Allies Project, which is a uh, forming nonprofit for service dogs for people with Tourette syndrome. Really, really powerful work. Um, but otherwise, it's just going to be a really great party with lots of stuff going on. So do do come and check that out to celebrate our 300th episode. So I think we'll take a break. And then when we come back, I'll be talking with Linda Watkins, who's the president of Australian Cattle Dog Rescue, Inc., about the recent puppy mill, puppy mill bust. And you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray pure air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for pure air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit dogradioshow.com for a link to their website. 
I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to anti-icky poo, it gets the stink out, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 9th, gifted animal communicator and medium Darcy Pariso joins me in the studio. Open phone lines throughout the show, so if you want to know what your animal friend is thinking, how they're feeling, or change their behavior, or if you want to talk with someone, animal or human, on the other side, plan to give us a call. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. Alternative Talk 1150 is on the interwebs. Dial us up at 1150KKNW.com. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And I'm back with Linda, Linda Watkins, who's the president of... ACDRI, Australian Cattle Dog Rescue, Inc. And uh, Linda is here to share with us um, about this recent story that I have seen um, on social media about a, uh, a recent puppy mill um, bust um, for specifically for Australian cattle dogs, which is a breed um, near and dear to our hearts. We have two Australian cattle dogs. And of course, any story about a puppy mill is going to be near and dear to my heart, um, any breed of dog. But um, this was, I think, a curious one because it's not a typical breed that you would expect for puppy mills. Um, but the Australian Cattle Dog Rescue Inc. has been playing a huge part in caring for these dogs who have come out of these horrific conditions. So Linda, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Julie. It's good yeah. to be here. Thank you for asking us. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I mean, I had seen quite a bit of, um, uh, I guess, talk about this around social media. Um, I think especially because, I mean, I see a lot of dog-related things, as you might imagine, but especially since this is our breed and we have a lot of, you know, friends on yeah. Facebook who are cattle dog people. And so I think, we, you know, I got whiff of this maybe stronger than other ones. But um but it's such an important topic to to talk about in general is this this whole world of 
of puppy mills and online breeders and as a consumer knowing what to look out for to protect yourself and to protect these dogs who are unfortunately part of a booming industry. And, it, you know, they really shouldn't be, but unfortunately they are. Um, so you guys have been uh, the really the, the rescue group that's been handling this case. That's only been going on for like the last month. Yeah, the actual, um, let's see, there was a little preliminary kind of a, it's kind of like an earthquake. We got a little timbler, um, you know, early on about the first week in, in October and then the, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the the big uh, big wave hit in um, October the 10th. Um, and this took place down in, in Picayune, Mississippi. Mm. And the police went in there. Uh, they had been working on this for, I don't know, uh, several weeks that we know at least. And went in and they pulled out uh, 54 dogs. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think out of the 54, uh, there were three Pomeranians. And then all the rest of them were cattle dogs. Um, they were had mostly spent their lives in crates. Um in a sh- couple of sheds on the back of the property, no ventilation, uh, pretty typical for what you would see in this kind of a situation, dogs crammed into cages, and that's where they sat unless they got, you know, pulled out to, to breed and then have puppies and stuck back in the cage. So they pretty much live their lives literally in yeah. these cages, like they don't get let out to go to the bathroom of the dogs that actually got pulled out of there had urine burns. Most of them did have urine burns on the bottoms of their paws. Um, they had been standing in uh, the pictures that we saw is just kind of this yellowish, brownish sludge mm-hmm. that basically is was uh, you know a combination of urine and feces. And then they did have, she had cages that were piled like stacked three high so that the dog on the top you know, didn't get pooped on, and everyone down below just, you know, yeah. did. Yeah. Um, the dogs were, the. I think it took them three baths to get oh, their bet. fur clean. Yeah. So, yeah, she just kept them in the cages unless, you know, they needed something from them. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what puppy mills, I mean, this is kind of how, how puppy mills are. I mean, this is why it is completely unacceptable that they are legal, first of all, to a degree, and that the regulations that are in place are just ridiculously minimal and do not protect these dogs. They do not set a standard of quality of life that we should expect of animals that we share this planet with. And that even ones that are inspected, which this one was by the American (laughs) Kennel Club, AKC, what is going on? I've had you on the show before. So, you know, if something fell through the cracks fine but this is like it's ridiculous and this it's just horrifying the this condition that these animals live in it is completely unacceptable and and this woman is not in jail she and her husband now right now are not in jail and she's advertising on social media that she's going to just pick up with a new and exciting breed i mean how is this happening you know it's it's a difficult situation, and it's really hard because I think our a lot of our animal control officers 
see this stuff, they would like to be able to do more. But the way the laws are written, uh, you know, we're we're concerned about property rights and individual rights, and we we don't want to be, you know, sending the stormtroopers into somebody's property. So, as a consequence, you end up with a situation where um, they know what's going on. They can see what's they can't, and that's the problem. They can't see what's going on because usually these situations are set up in such a way that they cannot be seen from even the road. They can't be seen from, um, you know, a normal inspection. The AKC went in there and inspected, but they did not request or they did not go back. I, I, my understanding, at least, is that they did not go back and check out the sheds where these dogs were held. They mm-hmm. looked around the house. They looked around the property. Mm-hmm. Um and then they walked away. So it almost, and even though neighbors complain and file complaints on something like this, it takes a long time. And for most people, what you, you do if if you know something like this is happening is you have to document if you're looking at what's going on, do the best you can to get pictures, um, dates, times, um, just really, really document what you're looking at and what you're seeing. And then then that is what you um, – and make sure you find the right authorities to take it to and take it to them and say, okay, here's here's the situation. And, you know, if we're lucky, then then it will be enough that that they can go in and um, – and clean clean things up. Mm-hmm. Um, in her situation, they were code violations. More often than not, in these in these situations, the way they were able to get in and do something is not so much an animal abuse or a hoarding um, uh, question. It becomes a code violation. The neighbors are complaining about the stink in an apartment building, mm-hmm. and they go in, and it's, you know somebody's in there with fifty cats. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you said in an in an other. Um, I think you gave an example about Al Capone. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what we were talking about. Was you know more often than not, like Al Capone, they didn't get him on Volstead Act violations. They didn't get him for running booze. What they got him on was income tax. Yeah. Um, and you know this woman, they got her on having too many dogs and some other city code violations. Uh, but and not the welfare, not the actual, I mean, the biggest problem and the whole point is the welfare issue. And that's not what they get. No. That's the, and, that, that, and that's not what gives the authorities access to the property. I mean, you've, no. you've said that a lot of times authorities can't even get on the property um, unless there's some other reason like taxes or something like that. Like you uh, said, a child, you know, as I mentioned, one one of them down here in southeast Oregon was um, uh, Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. Complaint, yeah. and that's what got him onto the property. So it's it's hard because you know there is so much concern about property rights and and privacy, and I don't know how you how you balance it. I, I think there's I think something can be done, but until we get I think more folks in the AKC and more of the AKC members talking to the club about fixing it, it's not going to get fixed. Well, and the problem is in the laws. I mean, I mm-hmm. you, you, like, sorry, you forfeit your property rights if you are abusing 
living creatures on the property. Like you don't, you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, property rights. It's like, well, no, it's like I don't care where you're doing it. It's not OK <laughs> to do it whether you own the property or not. Well, it's not OK, but, uh, you know, we're just stuck with right now the situation that we have. And AKC is one of the biggest lobbyists in the country when it comes to animal um owner protection laws. Uh, they see, you know, animal rights activists as being a threat to what uh, breeders and, and the puppy mills do. And, um, you know, they resist any any attempts to regulate. And especially, you know, in most of the areas where you have puppy mills, you also find that those are areas that are huge agricultural areas. And, and you know, farmers and ranchers are worried that, oh, my gosh, if we support some of this stuff, they're going to be coming and taking my cows. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I've done a couple interviews in the past over the years and that my understanding, I mean, the American Kennel Club is their own organization. They actually don't, you know, and not to say that that they shouldn't be somewhat responsible because they do set a standard and that's their responsibility in this industry. Well, but they are a gold standard for, yeah. It's you know. the USDA, though, which is the main the main regulatory, I think, entity for this. Yeah, but a lot of the puppy mills, a lot of the states aren't even USDA regulated in these things. Yeah. So, you know, but they're inspectors. And once again, you've got a, an agency that, you know, federal government is bad and we need to make it smaller and they're cutting USDA funds. And so mm-hmm. they look at what's non-essential and their inspection program goes to hell. Yeah. Well, and just the standards, as as we were talking earlier, this, the standards in general, because the the dogs actually have different rights. Yeah. As agri- they're more, they're they have rights of agricultural animals, mm-hmm. which are substandard when they're in a puppy mill. But then when they're in a home, they have rights as a companion animal. So they yeah. they actually have different rights depending on their timing, which yeah. is like that makes sense. And I'm not sure uh, we're kind of interested. We're going to be watching here in Oregon in the just in the last year, the Oregon Supreme Court has declared that animals can be um, named as victims mm, interesting. in legal actions for animal cruelty and abuse. Mm. So instead of just being, you know, the resulting of it or they were the recipients of it, they actually now can be victims. Good. And so it it should make things kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, we certainly have a long way to go as far as the law protecting the animals. But I want to talk about what the parts of this from the consumer perspective, because that's a really powerful part of this, is that the people get more educated and savvy in these kinds of situations so that um, in this case in particular, this was a exceptionally savvy woman who was, she was fooling, amazing. I mean, fooling other breeders. And you said, I mean, this woman actually had a couple dogs from Australia shipped to her. Yeah. Um, so she was um, first. So one of the biggest things I think is if you're going for a purebred dog from a breeder, and a purebred rescue or something like that is just not an option for you that you go on site, no exceptions. You, like you, yeah, you, if you're looking for a dog, um, the first thing would be to find the National Breed Club. I would start there and look and see 
what their standards are for uh, health care on the dogs. Most dogs have some kind of genetic issues or physical issues that the clubs demand require testing for everything from, you know, in cattle dogs, we have progressive retinal atrophy, which is genetic, and they can test for that. They've isolated the gene, so they can test and see if the dog's affected for it, which, if the dog has it, will go blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do testing for deafness in certain breeds. Uh, you know, you, you see more deafness than you do in other breeds. And so there is... Um, it's the Orthopedic Foundation. I, I can't remember the whole OFFA. I think is the initials. And you can go to that website and actually note the breed that you're interested in, and the OFFA will take you to a list of the suggested health tests that that breed should have. Mm-hmm. And so they will they will tell you that yeah they should have their eyes checked they should have their elbows checked for you know situ- bone and and joint situations they should be checked for dysplasia and whatever you know and they tell you what the name of the test is they also have a registry that you can go in and check and see if if you know any dog that you're interested in or breeder that you're interested in has been testing their dogs and in this case this, in this person case, yeah people. You know, once again, consumers don't know this, so she says, oh, yeah, it's bear tested, and here's the, uh, that's the hearing test, and, and here's the certificate that shows that it was bear tested, um, and so people accept that, and they go on their way with it. Well, she was forging the documents. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you would think, like, I, I, I don't even know that I would have known to, you know, go and then what? call the vet and check with their records that, you know, whatever veterinarian signed off on it or something like that and actually double check even that the health records are valid? Well, most people wouldn't. And I mean, she sold some of her dogs to breeders. I mean, she's she has, because she did have good lines on her dogs and she was, she still, I, I mean, she still has dogs that are out with handlers that are, are showing up in shows in, you know, on the show circuit. Mm-hmm. The dogs are living with the handlers, and the handlers are taking them around and campaigning them at the shows. So, you know, she's got some some pretty high-quality lines on her dogs. And, um, you know, somebody else is there that is interested in improving their dog lines, and they see them, and they'll buy the dogs or whatever. And so even breeders, because we assume that everybody's honest, <laughs> Yeah. Are, are getting these dogs. And now at this point, I think there are at least eight or nine people that have, um, since the, the person who was wondering about some of these tests has put out a note about it, there are at least eight or nine people who have stood up and said, um, yeah, uh, we, you know, we, it turns out their tests were also forged. Mm. So um, she never got any of that done she just sold the dogs but but you know she has the documents off and and if you're an honest person it never occurs to you that somebody will do something like that yeah i know i'm like that i mean i i'm sometimes i feel naive but i really i'm like i just don't expect it i just can't fathom (laughs) how 
you know, I mean, I understand there's mental illness involved and stuff, but I just can't fathom how this happens so much in this country still. This, you know, man's best friend and all this stuff. And yet, um, you know, the laws in place really do not protect animals. And it's not just dogs. I mean, and I think why why yeah. through the USDA, especially, it's so hard to get any sort of laws changed is because we're talking about the industry of agriculture and these dogs have the same rights on, you know, as agricultural animals, as chickens. And, you uh-huh. know, chickens are kept in, you know, worse probably conditions or the same. And that's also unacceptable. It's just sort of our treatment of animals in this country is really, really dark. Well, we, you know, we kind of as human beings need to remember that we too are animals. Yeah. And we tend to forget that that we're all of that. Um, would that be the genus? I can't remember. But yeah. You know, we're all there. Yeah. We're all mammals and we're all right there. And, you know, don't discount the idea that that couldn't happen to you. I mean, the conditions these dogs were in, I think, would probably be comparable to a third world prison camp. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know. Um, so um, now, one of the things that also of, as part of this is that, um, so kind of back to like what, what people should look for. So you said, okay, go to the whatever established like breed clubs well, the that national, there are. Yeah, their national breed club. And yeah. find out what, you know, okay, this is my, this is my breed of dog. Um, okay. They are, you know, typically what, what sort of health clearances they're going to want. They're going to want like, for example, hips and elbows mm-hmm. or um, maybe a heart condition or, you know, whatever it is in the case of cattle dogs, you know, eyes, that kind of thing. Okay, so so any um, conscientious, responsible breeder is going to not breed dogs that, that, you know, don't pass these clearances because they're not going to want to pass on these traits. So now you know as a consumer what to ask for for health clearances and then, but even, you know, in this case, unfortunately, she knew enough to forge the health clearances. So then even that next step further would be to follow up with the vet that's on the paperwork and check and see that that actually did happen, because in this case, they didn't. And then, yeah. you know, what else, what else as far as like, I mean, going on site or like, you know, don't well, meet, don't meet someone in a parking lot. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's the other part of it is, um, for heaven's sake, don't buy a dog online and then have them ship it out to you. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're if you're buying directly from a breeder, you have gone somewhere and met them, you have references. I, I shouldn't say that because, you know, any of my breeder friends are going to say, wait a minute, you know, I've sold dogs that are long distance, but rarely will they, they do that without you know, being very careful to examine the buyer, too, and the buyer should be examining them. What what you, what I would suggest, particularly, is if you're looking at a particular name of of a breeder or, you know, a kennel, is start, and particularly now you've got the access, is start Googling and see how many places that kennel name turns up and what kind of places. You've got all of these online puppy mill, puppy sales services. If you start seeing that kennel name popping up on, on some of those puppy buying services and, and um, brokers and exchanges, you don't want to buy that puppy. Mm-hmm. You know, you 
you really want to think twice about what you're getting. Um, and the other thing, if you're buying something that's a little more local, like we have some folks here in, in Oregon that, uh, you know, you can buy a cattle dog from them. They will sell you a cattle dog with docked or undocked tail. They'll sell you a mini or a, a regular-sized or a toy cattle dog. Um, you know, you just put in your order and, hey, they'll they'll produce one for you, which right there is a clue that there's going to be a real problem because these are not legitimate breeders. They're, they're um you know, no, there's no such doing money. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as a mini or toy cattle dog either. Well, there isn't. So, you know, that's I'm, the other thing is do some research on the breed and find out what's there. And and um, because there is no such thing as a mini or, a, a you know, a toy cattle dog. They no. just aren't. Um, the other part of that is when you uh, want to get the dog or it, if you ask, you you really need to at least meet the mom and the pups. Yeah. Um. If you are not allowed to do that, if you are not allowed to come to the property or to the home and meet them, um, that should be a red flag. Yeah. Uh, the other part of that is if they say they'll deliver it to you and you find yourself picking the dog up from a van in a parking lot or at a gas station, uh, that's a red flag. Yeah. Um, you know, these are not people who are doing... Uh, right by the dogs, and they're and they're not going to do right by you. Yeah. They, you know, and you can't trust. The other thing with that is you can't trust that they actually are the parent dogs that they say are the parent dogs, because usually in those situations they've got so many dogs they can't keep track of who's breeding who. Yeah. Well, and why would they be honest when anything they can just? Care. I mean, the whole thing's made up anyway. Everything that they say on the website and. Oh, you know, family-owned and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can really say anything you want, and it doesn't necessarily have to be true at all. And anybody can make a pretty website, say all the right things. And, you know, I've had situations where people, even in Seattle, um, I was telling you yesterday when we were talking, um, that have gotten dogs, even they met someone who, who had a dog and... They're, you know, they got the dog from this breeder, and so they got that name and then went on, and then, you know, I check it out, and it's like, ooh, that really, you know, they're in Iowa or they're in Missouri, mm-hmm. or, which is the, you know, area where there's a higher concentration of puppy mills and stuff. And yeah. and then the other thing is that the dogs end up oftentimes having health problems. And I know in this case, the woman, there was another uh, young young woman who got, who had one of her puppies, and the dog was sent to them with Parvo. And uh, some other cases like that, too. Um, it's just so sad. Well, it happens. And, and you know, I want to make something real clear here as we're talking about this. There are some really good breeders out there. There are good, solid, sure. conscientious breeders. We've yeah. got, you know, we've got breeders in the Northwest who are good breeders, and they are all over the country. It's just that in order to find them, you um, need to pay attention. And, you know, actually... You know, go to dog shows. Don't try to necessarily talk to the the folks right there because usually if they're showing, they're pretty distracted and they're pretty into what they're doing and they're not, it's not a good time to have a chit-chat. But you can watch and you can kind of watch the way they interact with their dogs sometimes too and and see how that goes and, and start finding out, oh, gee, I like the look of that dog. Then go back and do some research on it. 
If you find a breeder that is also, this is another flag, if you find a breeder that's producing um, two and three and four litters of puppies a year, especially if they're getting up into the three and four puppies a year stage, and they're breeding dogs that are under two years old, that's a problem. Um, basically, you know, any any female dog, it's the kind of the, the industry standard is two years old before they even have their first litter. Mm-hmm. I've also gotten what raises an eyebrow for me is when they have, when they, you know, breed, they provide or sell like five different breeds of dog. Yeah. Where it's like, "Mm." There's some that, like, I I know one woman who does, or she used to, I don't know if she still is or not, does Cavaliers and Cattle Dogs. Two breeds. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting combination, but, you know, and, you know, they're, we all like different breeds of dogs for different reasons. And so two breeds is, you Nothing know. wrong with, I know some, I know a number of breeders I can think of off the top of my head who are wonderful, mm-hmm. who have this breed and that breed or this breed and that, you know, and they have nothing to do with each other, but they just are, you know. For whatever they, the reason they, right. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like when it gets up, upwards, when we're talking several. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then also the frequency of litter. Um, yeah. you know, of litters on those. I think that's a really good point, too, is that, um, you know, how, how many litters and, and kind of getting all that information, too. And one of the things as we're talking about breeders, because I do want to echo what you said, that this, you know, there are a lot of a lot of, of really wonderful breeders. And I'm, you know, I'm a dog breed enthusiast. I love all the different breeds of dogs. I love going to dog shows and seeing all the breeds and appreciate the role that dogs have played in our evolution as humans and, uh, you know, greatly because of all the different jobs that they've done for us. So there is that. Um, And to just say that this isn't like I'm not anti-purebred dog or anything like that. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is that you said that there is a real reluctance within the community of breeders to speak out against someone else. Like, let's say, there's a you know maybe two or three breeders that know that there's this particular person is sort of a sketchy breeder and really really don't operate you know to the standards that they should as far as the care of the dogs or whatever but that they're not going to want to speak out because they can get slammed with a lawsuit there you know and within the community for one thing the dog community is is a big talk to each other a lot, you know, and people are going to shows and saying different things and word gets around and it circles around to the person that you're saying isn't a good breeder. And the next thing you know, yeah, you're going to be sitting there looking at a cease and desist order or a lawsuit or a threat of a lawsuit because Mm -hmm. you have made disparaging remarks about their dogs and they take offense at it. Um, And then there are the breeders who you know, I think are confident in and comfortable with their dogs and proud of their dogs that have nothing to hide. And, um, you know, after you get to know them a little bit, you you start hearing which ones, but they're not just going to, nobody's just going to tell you that. And honestly, as a rescue group, if somebody called me and said, um, you know, I'm interested in breeder XYZ. I wanted to get a dog from them. What do you think about it? I would probably, if I knew they were a puppy mill, I would probably be fairly careful about how I told that person. Um, 
you know, I would try to redirect them because, once again, you know, I don't want to get hit with a lawsuit either. Yeah. Um, and so it's a it's a real interesting um, balancing act of of making sure that you can kind of steer people in the right direction if you can help at all without uh, yeah. without you know putting your neck on the chopping block when you do it. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting to me about the the whole legal structure of this country, anyway, which is the only one I'm familiar with, but is that there's no consequence. For, I mean, other than like a countersuit, there's no consequence for just suing somebody, you know, completely wrongfully and then costing that person resources that they may or may not have to defend themselves. Like there's no repercussion. Like it's not like, oh, oh, you really had no grounds to go off and do this and attack this person. Like, like you can get, get sued for slander, mm-hmm. but, but you, you, there's, no, there's no consequence for somebody suing somebody, like, really wrongfully. And I know it would be hard to kind of determine that, mm-hmm. but it, I think it happens a lot, and you're, you're, just, you're not really protected, and it's so easy to just, like, cause such a huge stress to somebody's life or ruin somebody just because they, they really essentially did the right thing. Yeah. So, well, well now let's talk, let's get back to these dogs. <laughs> um, these cattle dogs who are a part of this uh, particular puppy mill bust, which mm-hmm. happened in Mississippi. Um, now you guys are, I think there were like 71 dogs, but then she ended up getting back Several of them, which is like makes me want to bang my head against the wall. But um, so but, you know, the point is you guys have a lot of dogs that are in your care and they are all requiring a lot of veterinary care. They have conditions like heartworm, uh, dermatitis, uh, broken teeth. They need teeth extractions. They have mange or fleas or uh, burns on their paws from standing in urine and feces. All of these kinds of things, all of these dogs are requiring, not to mention the the food and also the, the work of probably, you know, professionals to some degree who are going to psychologically try to rehabilitate these dogs. Um, and you guys, you know, your rescue group is, you know, putting this whole thing on. So I really ask that if you know, anyone who's listening to this, if you can even just donate five dollars, I mean, if you get enough people to donate a small amount of money, it really makes a huge difference. So if you know, whatever you can afford to please support the the, uh, you know, efforts of of this, um, this effort um, and then other things like you said that people can do is if you're looking yeah. for a dog, you know, adopt a dog from your local shelter or um, mm-hmm. go through a, a purebred rescue and, you know, maybe try to do it that way, but just to kind of help you guys out. So you have, um, a PayPal account and, and people can access that by your email, which is Australian cattle dog rescue Inc. I N C at gmail.com. So that's, that's correct. Australian cattle dog rescue Inc. at gmail.com. And they can also go to your Facebook page, A C D R I is the acronym Australian Cattle Dog Rescue, Inc., A-C-D-R-I. Um, and there's information on how people can support you. 
uh, through Facebook. So the good news is that you've had a lot of people who have offered, you know, to adopt, you know, one of these dogs or foster one of these dogs. And you're getting a lot of support in that way. And really what you guys need the most right now is financial support to just care for these dogs' health needs because they're not going to be ready to go to foster homes or adoptive homes, you think, for at least another month because they're just not going to be well enough. Yeah. We're starting to move them. When the dogs were collected, they were put into the Pearl River County shelter, and they were the ones that housed them. And we um, we had some incredible volunteers that basically put their lives on hold for three, four weeks and, and have gone down there and helped uh, take care of the dogs and handle them. Um, but we are starting to move them out of the shelter now. And, of course, this was a hardship for that shelter, too, because it mm-hmm. took up a lot of their space that they have for you know, they're usual dogs. Um, so we have been trying to encourage people to, um, and everybody wants to take a dog right now. I mean, I, and the, the outcome has been tremendous, just the, the reach out. Mm-hmm. But these dogs won't be ready to go anywhere for at least a month. They're going into foster homes, and they will be there for a month while we make sure they're physically and mentally sound. Right. But if somebody's thinking, gee, I'd like to help, I I want a dog now, Uh, you know, I've got space for one, go to your local shelter or check your local rescues because there are still a whole bunch of dogs out there that could use homes. Yeah. Yeah, there sure are. No shortage, unfortunately. (laughs) No, there are not. As I said, you know, in the last three weeks we've been working on this, I helped... uh, organized pulling two dogs out of the Vermilion Parish shelter down in Abbeville. We pulled um, three out of a shelter in Texas and one out of uh, a situation up in um, British Columbia. So, mm-hmm. you know, and those are just the ones that I did personally. Yeah. Well, again, that uh, contact info for making a donation is Australian Cattle Dog Rescue Inc. at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook, ACDRI. Australian Cattle Dog Rescue, Inc., and I've posted and will again post a link to your Facebook page on our Facebook page, which is, of course, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and I'll post your email and that information on our homepage as well, which is dogradioshow.com. So if you're you know driving and you can't write this down, you can always go to our homepage and get all of the uh, contact information for whatever the guest is during the week, and um, I just hope that... Uh, you know, you guys get some support from this financially to give the dogs the vet care, you know, that they yeah. need and just help you in your efforts in doing that. And um, thank you for the work that you do. This is, uh, you know, as we were talking yesterday, it's really horrific and, and heartbreaking to um, to kind of connect to this part of humanity that's really very dark and very sad. And it's it's hard for us who you know, give our lives to dogs in one way or another and just love them and, you know, only want the best for them and all that kind of stuff. And to just hear about these stories and to really connect to these conditions is really hard to stomach. But, um, you know, you guys are very brave and courageous and doing. We are, but, you know, we've been very, very lucky, though. For one thing, the cattle dog community has really pulled together. There's been some great support from our breeders and our club, I mean, they have just been incredible in, in what they've been willing to do. And the other thing is that, you know, after a couple of weeks, you see an ear go up in a tail wag. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. 
Well, if the cattle dog community is anything like cattle dogs, they don't they don't mess around. So <laughs> they don't. No, <laughs> and they are. Yeah, and they are. Our Good. our breed club has just been stupendous. They have been Good. amazing, mm. and uh, all my all my cattle dog friends have been too. I, it's just been a, a a real outpouring of love and caring. Good. Well, thanks again for your time and uh, best of luck in your continued efforts <laughs> in this. And I do hope that you see some support come in from our listeners. Australian Cattle Dog Rescue Inc. at gmail.com is the email address. You can connect to them via PayPal and find them on Facebook as well. Uh, Linda, thanks so much for your time. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with more of the dog show with Julie Forbes. <laughs> The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Are you suffering from SCS, or slow computer syndrome? Well, tune in Saturdays from noon to one for Tech Talk with Craig. I'm Craig Walker, lead technician and owner of Coho Computer. We'll take your calls, answer your questions, keep you up to date with the latest in high-tech news, and feature special guests. Tech Talk with Craig, Saturdays noon to one, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great interview there with Linda Watkins. If you missed any part of this 297th episode or any of our 297 episodes, you can find them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. Speaking of our website, the website is uh, this week within, let's see, by next weekend will be, or or this weekend, I should say, um, relaunching with a an extreme makeover. So that's very exciting. I'm going to have a blog 
and uh, all of the archive shows, of course, as always, and then a lot of other fun stuff going on. So be sure to check out the website um, after this weekend, dogradioshow.com, for more great stuff um, there. Um, Also, you can download all of our shows for free on iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and it's a free audio podcast on iTunes. 300th episode party is November 22nd, 6 p.m. at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. It's in the same shopping center as PCC. Plenty of parking um, in Kirkland, 6 p.m., November 22nd. Tiatin Hard Cider will be sponsoring the event, providing their delicious hard ciders for people to drink. And we'll have other refreshments, food. DJ Ricky Lee will be spinning some fun music, and we'll have lots of door prizes and giveaways. And we'll be raising money during this event for the Healing Allies Project, which is a forming nonprofit um, for uh, service dogs for people with Tourette syndrome. Uh, do keep your eye out on A and E Network on November 11th during a new show called Dogs of War, which will be premiering on November 11th. I will be featured in a short spot uh, through their Everyday Originals campaign, and um, it's going to air during one of their commercial breaks, but it's going to be during the show Dogs of War on A&E Network, premiering on November 11th, um, in our area at least, and this may be the case nationally, but I'm told it will air, my spot will air at 10.20 p.m., but check your local listings for that show, Dogs of War, because my little spot will be during the commercial break of that. That's very exciting. If you would like a dog show car sticker, you can email me, host at dogradioshow.com, um, for one of those as well. They look just like the oval logo on our homepage. So uh, I'm going to post a link to this. Um, and I saw one, by the way, nice on the car in front of me as I was pulling into work today. Sweet. Yeah. Um, So there's an article. I'm going to post a link to the article so you can read the full article. But it's this person's it's called it's an I anonymous column in The Stranger. And it's someone who witnessed um, a dog attack, which is very sad. And I hope everybody is okay. But this is a, a specific situation where the dog that actually caused the damage was on leash walking with its humans. And the dog that got attacked was actually off leash in the yard and ran over to the aggressive dog, which just brings up a point that you have to be careful and don't assume that dogs are friendly if they're out walking on leash because a lot of them aren't, especially on leash. And to just be careful and protect your dogs and don't just let them, you know, running around off leash because you just don't know what's going to happen and it's not safe to assume. So I'll post a link to that article. You can read it in its entirety on our Facebook page and on our homepage as well, dogradioshow.com. And I look forward to being back next week with Dr. Donna Kelleher and a, and a client of hers whose life she saved. The dog, that is, Peekaboo the Shih Tzu. It's an incredible story. This dog was given six months to live by the specialists. And Dr. Kelleher, with her methods, saved this dog's life. So we'll be talking about that next week on The Dog Show. Thanks for listening. And what a great day to take your dog for a walk. Thank you, Eric. <laughs>